This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com/westwood1 now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com/westwood1. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe Pitcher Free Throws because they are free. Fisher, Tasabos, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider, Tuesday, June 20th. The months are flying by. Does anyone else feel like this is a quick year or is it a slow year for you guys? No, I'd say it's a quick year. However, it feels slow sometimes when our our uh, weather in LA just constantly is gloomy, but hopefully the sun pokes out here in the summer pretty soon. Yeah, maybe if you start singing like Annie um, from the movie Annie that the sun will come out tomorrow. Maybe if you croon that from your window. That'll listen to you because New York was nice, man. I don't know what it is in California this spring and this summer so far, but New York was beautiful. But I believe tomorrow uh, we have Rich Shea on of the Professional Eating League. You know him from Nathan's Hot Dogs. Um, it's going to be awesome. And it's also fitting that we have him on the summer solstice uh june 21st so <laughs> super, super fitting yeah <laughs> super exciting uh i want to talk about a lot of fun stuff nba draft is right here there's been so many rumors um dame zion i saw a crazy bam rumor today you know who knows what's really but yeah and i saw a Kyrie rumor today a lot of fun stuff um i do want to touch on jack jones though uh cornerback new england patriots arrested on gun charges trying to bring guns through an airport on his carry-on if he's convicted he's going to be sentenced to 30 years in prison uh 
And this is just another guy. I know I, people thought and lauded Belichick for finding a diamond in the rough, quote unquote, in the fourth round. But many people don't know that he had issues off the field prior coming into the NFL draft. 2018, uh, he pled guilty to commercial robbery he, against a Panda Express, which should be a fe- it, that is a federal offense if I've ever heard one. Um, and he served 45 days under house arrest. Belichick brought him in. He was fantastic. One of the best rookie corners last year, if not the best at times in, in, in a solid class. Um, and now not only you, is his career in jeopardy, but he might be going to jail for 30 years. Do you think when he was under house arrest, he was able to order Uber Eats from Panda Express? Um, I think he yeah, has like a reclamation project. I haven't read the court order yet, but I think there was a possibility that he was able to get some of the deals that Panda, you know, exemplifies on Uber Eats. I also think that he, it was supposed to be longer, but he got a pair of binoculars and was looking through the windows of all of his neighbors and ended up catching a murderer, a serial killer. So hmm. Jack Jones. Yeah. <laughs> just starring Jack Jones. Um, but, you know, just again, another guy that Belichick, he's not afraid of the reclamation projects. We saw him go after with Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Albert Haynesworth, some of the, you know, superstars who saw him, obviously most notably with Aaron Hernandez. Uh, and this is another, you know, I wouldn't say swing and miss, but another maybe failed attempt at, you know, helping a young guy who had some troubles and has passed out. Uh, he unfortunately couldn't shake it. Who was presumably going to be your number one DB for the future. I mean, the guy showed so much promise in his first season. Um, You mentioned Aaron Hernandez though. I I don't know if you guys knew this, but they're making a scripted series, American sports story. Like, you know, the American crime story that um, Ryan, what's his name? Murphy. Ryan Murphy does. Yeah. He's doing a, an Aaron Hernandez scripted series. So that'll be interesting. Um, That documentary on Netflix, Josh, I remember you and I watched that together. That was, it's wild. It's such a wild life story. So we we know someone who um, worked on that project. By the way, I don't remember who it is at the top of my head, but someone is in that project that we know. Yeah, was this, this the Ryan Murphy scripted one or the the previous the the documentary? One. No, the oh. scripted one. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that. Josh's what, roommate actually just one of the players. She did for the Aaron Hernandez story. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that they were. I didn't even know that. I guess this is really a thing. They haven't shot it yet, though. Obviously, right? They're auditioning. No, it's in casting right now. Yeah. No, she, so they've started. They've started. We know somebody, but you just can't say I, who. We I know. don't know who it is. I forget who it is, but someone mm-hmm. said they were filming like the football size things at uh, the University of Florida for this for the scripted show. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. I forgot. I who they were, it is, that's crazy that they're doing that. Well, we've always asked when we've like just kind of thrown around like docs that we want to see of, of certain eras of sports in general. Like we've always said between the three of us, like it would be unbelievable to kind of get a peek behind the curtain at, as to what went down at the University of Florida during those years because of how many personalities were there on campus. Bilzerian, Lochte, of course, the football team, Urban Meyer. What are they casting Tebow? I think he plays himself. He looks young still. I don't think he plays himself. <laughs> Why? You don't think he'd do it? Probably not. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I'm, I didn't know that. They were, I didn't even know my roommate auditioned for, was auditioning for that. That's crazy. I mean, that, that, docu, that docu-series was nuts. That was a really crazy, really crazy watch. 
I don't know who they're going to get to play him. That's a really serious role and heavy role. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's a really good thing to bring up. Um, I didn't realize they were doing that. Wow. That's, and I think we're getting a documentary on the Florida team too coming up in the, in, in the summer, which is obviously something we've been clamoring for, for a, a, a number of years. Um, all right. Speaking of college kids, NBA draft, couple day, couple days away. Dame, let's start with Lillard and let's work our way to Zion. What do you guys think is going to happen with Lillard? Is he going to get moved or the Blazers going to move the third pick? Uh, you know, NBA Twitter, you kind of got to feel it out and, 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 and see what you want to believe and trust who you want to trust. I've seen that Dame wants them to move the third pick for a superstar, which makes sense. Uh, and we here have collectively, I think, come to the agreement that they should move Dame and hit the restart button. So I just want to, you know, in 48 hours ahead of the draft day, where do you guys stand? What are your thoughts, your predictions on what could happen in Portland? I think that's more likely, honestly. I mean, just what superstars are, are readily available to be moved right now. You know, I mean, I would, yeah. Who could you, I mean, who would you get for the third pick? One. And then two, what teams are ready to ship off their superstar for the third pick? And there's not really many. All the superstars are on good teams right now, for the most part. That's true. Toss. Good point. Yeah. I mean, I think I believe what Damian Lillard has said thus far. I, I don't know why. I wouldn't, and I think until they make the decision on whether or not they're going to draft a guy or they find the offer that they're satisfied with, Dame is on this team, and he wants to be in Portland, and nothing's really changed in regards to that. And, yeah, if you can – I mean, but we were talking about it on our AMP show yesterday where, you know, we, there's been some floating of the third pick for to the Wizards for KP and whatever else pieces you could get in that. Mm-hmm. And is that enough, right? Like, I think, candidly, you look in the mirror with that team and you're not incredibly excited. KP has been playing good basketball. He played really good basketball last year for Washington. But I don't, you know, it's it's Dame, it's Simons, it's KP, it's Jeremy Grant. You still have the same issues that you've had with that roster for the last seven years. You don't have enough defense. So mm-hmm. that that's the big kind of glaring just fallacy of this team. Um, but I'm, I'm yeah, with what you said before, it makes sense for it, for them to shop him. But if they do that, then they are admitting defeat and, and leaning further into the rebuild and, and building around Shaden Sharp and Simons. And at that point, take whoever's there. If it's Brandon Miller, if it's Scoot Henderson, you're okay with either of those. Honestly, I, I think if you end up, if Scoot Henderson doesn't go to the Hornets at two and he's there at three, you might as well just trade Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. Like sell high on Simons. I like the backcourt of Scoot and Shaden Sharp going forward. You don't want Simons and Scoot or Scoot and Dame. Like we've already seen that that lack of size in the one-two position for this team and for other teams that have had two-guard systems doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Not in the modern NBA, especially when neither of those guys are elite defenders. So I, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about it. But they have options. And, and that's the one thing about that team that, you know, is a little bit more hopeful than who I was talking about as their trade partners with the Wizards. They have a lot more options in Portland as to what they can do, but I don't see them scraping together a team that at the best is a five or a six seed in the West and not a true threat to be a contender for 
getting through the West and getting to the NBA Finals. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeremy Grant, free agent. They have Nurkic's contract. Um, but outside of that, the only guys they're really tied to are Simons and Lillard. And I think we've all become big proponents that if you're going to hit a full restart, uh, getting out of these cumbersome contracts or bigger contracts you know, that are on your books is a great way to initiate the, the rebuild. So if that means packaging Nurkic and Simons to get out of both contracts and hit that restart, uh, that's helpful. Uh, moving moving Damian Lillard to the heat um, seems very attractive to me. I know that I heard a rumor that they were trying to put a package together rather than trade Dame to Miami, but to acquire Bam out of bio, which I don't think is feasible at all, nor do I think bringing Bam to Portland makes them better than the Nuggets. The Suns, and even with we just saw and discussed yesterday, the Lakers uh, and Kings, Warriors, all these teams um, that we've listed, so on and so forth. And I think you're right, Alex. Any trade you, any way you slice it, keeping Daniel there, any trade you make with that third pick, I, I don't foresee them being anything better than a fifth seed and a second round exit because they still have the defensive woes, um, still have small guards. Um, and I think we have a lot of faith in Shade and Sharp, but he's not necessarily there yet from a player standpoint to take you over the edge. And we don't necessarily know if he can be a superstar. He just has the potential. Uh, so I think things are pointing to Damian Lillard. Do you think? Do you guys think we see him traded on draft? Does he have to be traded on draft night if he's traded? Or could we see him in the later part of summer be moved? I think later part of summer. I, I mean, I think we look at um, you know when these big trades usually fall anyway. And I don't think it happens that, much, that often on draft night. Um, you remember the Paul George thing happened on 4th of July, you know, yeah. and, and that's like the big one that comes out to me because that's my team. But um, I feel like you rarely see superstars get moved on draft night. You see a lot of like pick swaps and stuff like that. And like a lot of like, um, you know, bench guys and, you know, a lot of like tertiary pieces get moved around. But I, I don't think you're going to see a huge splash this year. Mm. Yeah, I think it's I, I completely agree. It's also worth noting that I don't necessarily want to say this is a bluff by Damian Lillard, but it's not just the pick that has to fall into place for him to evaluate the team from his angle, right? Like you mentioned, Josh, Jeremy Grant is an unrestricted free agent. You need to see if you're bringing him back to, to be your starting four or starting three, whatever, if you want to run a big lineup out there. You need to see what other free agents, you know, your front office is, is willing to take a to take stab at and who they're, who they're willing to go after. And I could even see them drafting someone with the third overall pick, not trading it and him still staying on the team because we know his loyalty to that city. And I'm not unconvinced that if they are to have a sit down with him, they're not going to be able to, to sway him to stay with that team and stay with that rookie that they bring in at the, with the third overall pick. If they, if they end up drafting someone there. Um, buy or sell that the third overall pick is going to be Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson going to Charlotte at number two from based off what we heard from the workouts based off. We discussed it on our Amazon show yesterday. Uh, you asked me who I think should go there. I thought Brandon Miller was a nice fit starting with Mark Williams and LaMelo ball. You, after I went through the first five shot that down, I do agree that I think it'll ultimately be Scoot Henderson versus, you know, maybe not. And, and he could also obviously be a great fit against LaMelo ball too. Who's a very sizable guard. Uh, if Brandon Miller is the pick, does that entice Lillard more to stay? Should. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think about a lineup where if you do re-sign Jeremy Grant and you figure out maybe you go after you, – you move off of Nurkic's contract and you go after a guy like Jakob Pertl who could step in there and he's additive. 
on the offensive side, just as a rim runner, he doesn't need post touches, but he's way better at protecting the paint than Yusuf Nurkic is a big who can actually stay on the court, stay healthy, rim protect, and also rebound. And Nurkic has never given you that. And I think at this point in his career, he's more of a, a spell center coming off the bench Ennis Cantor type where it's like, go in, play 12 to 15 minutes, get your offensive boards, put some pressure on them, score, you know, 10 to 14 points and then get off the court. Cause we can't, you can't defend. Um, he can't be their starting five. If, if, if they end up drafting Brandon Miller, but if they go get Pirtle, if they get Miller, if, if, you know, they uh, sign, re-sign Jeremy Grant, and then you have Simons and Lillard, it, it's still, in my opinion, like not enough, but again, I think it's a competitive five, six seed and, and maybe it's a fun run. Like, and that's all you can ask for. That's all you've gotten in, in Portland anyway, for the last eight years. So um, while you have Dame and he's still operating at the capacity that he is like, why not keep going with it, I guess. But that, yeah. that's me not involved in those decisions. And like, if I were, I'd want to mix things up. Yeah. Um, we touched on the pals. We touched on Zion. That is the title. The Pelicans must trade Zion of our stream right now. Do you, are you guys, do you guys feel the same way as I do? I feel like it's time for them to move on as well. They've been in trade rumors with Brandon Ingram. They've been in trade rumors with Trey Murphy. You had a really nice second half of the season. Uh, and they've obviously been in trade rumors with Zion Williamson. Uh, do you guys think that they move off any of these guys? Do you think they should move off any of these guys? Uh, do you feel as strongly about Zion being moved from the Pelicans as I do? Mm, yeah i mean i think i don't know about as strong as you do but i mean i think it'd be good for both sides just to get a change of scenery and just to kind of you know let bygones be bygones it didn't work out um and see what you can get you know i mean there's still a lot of value there he's a young guy um but just have to make do with it i guess Mm. toss yeah i'm out on that I think in no scenario should you trade that guy. Not right now. Not while there's plenty of time for him to turn things around. Not, yeah, I just, I don't know why you would make a move off of a a talent like that. And I understand that he hasn't been able to stay on the court, but it, it, it's it's a rare scenario where you get to go draft a guy at 1-1 and have your choice of who you want to build your, your franchise off of. And then to just like, whatever you can get in your return, whatever healthy version of the player that you're getting back or multiple players that you're getting back, they're not a top 15 player in the NBA. And that's what he is when he's on the court. And so I would still take the gamble on working with him off the court with the trainers to get him in the best shape for him to stay healthy and to stay out on the court and yeah. And keep the core of him and Ingram and McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas who you have on a very favorable contract. Um, and, and those wings that I really, really like Herb Miller, who we got to talk to before he got drafted. And then of course, Trey Murphy, I, I would keep that core intact. If I'm the, the Pelicans, you look at what, what that team did when they were healthy and they were right last year. And this is not a Blazers situation when that guy is right. And he's on the court. This is a top three seed in the West, in my opinion. And they have a lot to learn and they have, you know, they still need to get to the playoffs and get that experience. That's something that this team does not have um, outside of McCollum. But 
I, I don't know why you would shake that up. I just, I don't see the, the offerings being enticing enough. Like it's a complete redirect of your franchise. Yeah, it is. But like, do you think the direction your franchise with his contract, with his injury history, do you, you have not seen enough of like the guys played his second season. He played 60 games his first year. He barely played his third year. He didn't play at all. And last year he played 29 games. Now yeah, he's got, I don't think these off the court issues are detrimental, but they are a little like just another, it's a little salt in the wound, especially, I don't know if you guys saw this, but one of the women uh, threatened to a nice catch there, dude. One of the women today threatened to release a sex tape. What, what do you mean? One of the do women? It. It's, the, it's the same woman. It's Mariah. And there was, there was, there was a, there was two women. No. Yes. Women. But the one that has been, just the most vocal all of the conversations in vocal yeah do you know what that is called josh from from legal from a legal standpoint it's called extortion blackmail extortion and blackmail yeah i mean yeah. look i'm not i'm i'm just simply saying like she's going to do it yeah i'm not, i'm not rooting for her i'm not on her I'm, side i'm, I'm honestly i'm honestly pretty unbothered by the off the court stuff i am too okay cool i'm not, i'm not like it's not as bad as jaw or jack jones as we mentioned earlier in the show uh but i think it's it's definitely something that's in there and that's definitely it's more of his more of his narrative has been his injury his weight and now a potential sex tape being released than his play on the court i mean jamal murray okay. had had a Kim little Kardashian. sex tape get released and he was fine yeah but jamal murray wasn't a top 15 player in the league he had been healthy up until his injury had proven that he was good in the playoffs going to the western conference in the finals in the bubble and zion williamson hasn't been he, he's very he's hypercritical like he was the first overall pick. He was the prince that was promised, and he's barely played. Like everything that everything potentially negative that's that swarms around you, that swarms around you, is 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 going to be spun and analyzed when you can't stay on the court. If he was playing, it would be no issue. Like no one would care. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like whatever he wants to do in his personal life, whoever he wants to hook up with, you know, let it rock. Like it, it, it is what it is. Like you know, that's not part of his contract. Is is being is you know is being monogamous uh but <laughs> it's true yeah I, I i think that to me he's become such a circus and while it is a major change in your path if you can get a guy like scoot henderson for the second overall pick and move him to move zion to charlotte and get out of his money and get a top tier talent like that i i don't see an issue i'm really big on scoot Really, really big. It's not like we haven't seen Zion play NBA basketball before. He's amazing. I'm not saying he's not amazing. I'm just saying he doesn't, but he doesn't play. I I agree he has missed way too many games, but this is not a Greg Oden situation. This is not a Chet Holmgren situation where like we've not seen what this guy can do. We haven't seen uh, all things considered with Scoot Henderson. We haven't seen him play NBA basketball yet. I really like the guy. I think he's incredibly talented. But to completely like rewrite the potential history of your franchise for the next five to seven years, when you have a guy who you picked at one one, who was a, a more touted prospect than Scoot Henderson, for sure, is is an incredibly drastic decision, and I feel like in a vacuum you wouldn't trade Zion Williamson for Scoot Henderson, and I don't think that that Charlotte team has enough to offer up in addition to the second overall pick to make me enticed to find the Pelicans to feel like, okay, where we were last year when everything was right is where we can be back to with this trade. You're not, 
you're saying we're we're going to be between this the six maybe maybe the five the five and the 12 seed for the next four years is that what you want if you don't think mid, Scoot, you don't a, think Scoot's the type of player that can that can make that jump well it's an assumption I know what Zion Williamson looks like when he's on the court. That's not That's an true. assumption. I'm like, I'm. Let's play. Let's play the assumption in, in potential but you, game here. But you, but why would you can't you can't? That's what they. But that's what you're doing when you're drafting guys. You're drafting under the assumption that he becomes a superstar. So let's say the assumption's right. Let's say Scoot Henderson pops off like we think he can. John Morant. Yeah, but one is a certainty and the other is an assumption. Like one is a certainty that you have at your disposal. You know what that guy looks like. But it's also an assumption that he's coming back. That he's coming back. What do you fully mean? healthy? Like there's no there's no certainty that he's coming back fully healthy. We're just assuming yeah, that he you is. have you have more control over that than you do over a guy being a perennial all star and superstar in the modern NBA. If he play, yeah, but I but if he plays, I I'm, I'm more I'm almost more enticed by a way lesser contract, a way smaller financial commitment than a guy who now neck he for he's signed for four more years. I think you're and, also, and that, and that contract also, goes to thirty. It's nothing to do with his play. The contract goes to 36, 38, 41 in his last year, forty-four million dollars. Yeah, I think you're also. I I challenge you to consider the marketability of a guy like Zion Williamson and what that means for the business of a franchise in comparison to a guy like Scoot Henderson. Even with all the off the court issues, it, it's it's not comparable. But do you think he's brought so much positive attention for this team in the last? Yeah, at 365 days. He certainly brought a lot of attention. I mean, like, what, like, do you want your team to be talked about? Do you want people to show up to the, to the arena? Do you want jerseys to be sold? Like, at the minute you send this guy to Charlotte, you no longer have that, you no longer have that business asset. Forget about the asset of him playing on the team. Yeah, it's gone. And I hope he has a great career. And I hope, you know, look, if he stays in if he stays in New Orleans, I hope he plays 60-something games next year. I hope we get to see what we thought. Because I thought they could be a top three seed going into last year. And I hope we see that. But I just, based off the track record, don't think we will. And I don't think that's that hot of a take. And now the issue is very, it is a different situation than the Greg Oden situation. Because now you've paid the guy. Well, he's also played a lot more than Greg Oden has. Did how many and, how many games did Greg and, Oden play in his first four years? Eighty something. Let's look it up. Greg Oden also his career high in points was twenty four points, so slightly different. <laughs> I I think you also like you have to. There's nothing to do with him as a player, bro. Nothing. Greg Oden played eighty two games in his first two years. Zion's played one fourteen. It's not that drastic of a difference. It's like just not that drastic of a difference. They both put their both career high as 61 games. Like I really want him to succeed. I'm just simply saying from like, and I know you're a hundred percent right on the marketing standpoint. Like you're not going to replicate that. We've seen it already. The guy, the prize, the prize piece is Wembenyama. Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller are second tier as far as marketability in this draft. But up until John Morant's antics on Instagram, he had challenged Zion as uh, from a markability standpoint, and, and in some cases, almost superseded him. Okay, that's not Scoot Henderson, so I don't necessarily know why that should. It could sway, be sway the Pelicans to. But it could be if you're taking him a second overall and you're getting additional stuff from the Charlotte Hornets. These are all unknowns, though. You just like, I'm not. I'm not even saying that you're you're going to be wrong about these. You just don't know. Yeah, and I'm saying I don't know if he's going to come back healthy. 
And I personally, but what do you, what do you have more control over? What are you paying team physicians, team developmental coaches, team have, psychologists for? Do have, you trust, do you trust the people that are in like, what, what's the point of even having an organization? If you don't trust the professionals that you've brought into a front office and to a team, if they can't support a player enough to get him back on the court and, and to get him into a place where you have the confidence in him, that he could be one of the best players on this team alongside Brandon Ingram. He's played 29 games in the last two years. I'm not the front off. As you didn't I'm, answer my question whatsoever. There, I, my confidence is back. my confidence is zero, dude. Like I have zero confidence in getting him on the court, or little. No one's been able to do it. Okay. I'm All just. Right. I, I'm not saying. I, I'm not. I'm not saying my way is right and your way is wrong. I'm just simply telling you how I would approach it. I would go after Scoot Henderson. I would trade Zion. I'd get that contract off my books. I'd run the risk with another top three pick. Okay. Uh, what else we got? We got, uh, <laughs> we, got uh, we got some baseball. We got a little more NBA uh, because Harden and Draymond Green has become available. Do you think both those guys go back to Philly and Golden State respectively? Mm, no. Where do you think Harden and where do you think Draymond go, Nick? I think Harden maybe stays in Philly. I think Draymond's Ooh. gone. Wow, where would is there any? Is it, do you guys have anywhere specific you'd like to see him play other than Golden State? Mm. Can Boston afford him? No, I think we'd have to move. We'd have to move a lot of contracts, but that's interesting. Atlanta could move some contracts and try to bring him in, um, maybe in a sign and trade with with the Hawks to get John Collins over to Golden State and some stuff over to Golden State and Draymond over to Atlanta. Lakers. You're that'd be, not, that'd be interesting. You're out on that, Nick. You don't want Draymond to Los Angeles. Hmm. I like I like him going. I like the Hawks. I like maybe someone like the Magic. Like I like like young teams where he could kind of go in there and like launch a defensive identity for a team and really turn them into a team that can compete for the future. Do you think there's a world in which Aiton and him get swapped? No. Maybe he wants to go to the East coast so he can uh, be three hours ahead. So whenever he records his podcast, he uh, can release it earlier. Honestly, it is a good point. What about, okay, let's say operating with that in mind. That's a great point. (laughs) Do you think that, if Miami strikes out with Lillard, they could revert their attentions to Draymond or does he not necessarily fit for you guys? I don't think he fits. I think Bam and he do a lot of the same things. Offensively and and offensively. What about the Knicks? Move Randall for Draymond and Kuminga. Because I think yeah. Randall's got, Randall's got a higher value. He's younger, I believe. Let me double check that before I just start throwing numbers out there. Uh, and he's obviously he's, def- he's definitely young. He's definitely younger, for yeah. sure. Um, I just not, want to make he, he's not thirty yet. No, he's twenty nine. He's twenty eight, and Draymond is thirty three. Yeah. yeah, I just I still feel like the Knicks left some to be desired on the offensive end when I watched them in the playoffs with the. Brunson and RJ and, and Randall and the lack of flow and just kind of creativity on the offensive side. And I, I don't necessarily know if they have the right shooters paired alongside 
uh, Draymond if they were to bring him in mm-hmm. to make things really, really work. Like I, I think spacing and shooters is when he comes into play and he can really operate in that high post area as a creator in the pick and roll with whoever's the primary ball handler. And while he would work well with Brunson, it's not like when he rolls on pick and roll situations, he's a real threat to score. And I think that's when you're talking about an undersized guard, like Brunson, like that's what you need. And that's why Mitchell Robinson is a really good fit there. Um, But I, I mean, that would also be chaotic. Like having him and Tibbs, who likes to have a, a really like firm hold on just like the identity of his team, especially on the defensive side, Draymond would come in there and, and really shake things up. What about Philly with Tobias Harris going back to Golden State or something? You bring Harden, you have, you have Draymond, Harden, maybe P.J. Tucker uh, and Tobias Harris over to Golden State and Draymond, nothing just, for you? None, none of these situations like entice me from the Warriors' perspective. Okay. What about? I, do, I, I agree with Nick though. I like Harden to stay in Philly. I don't know if he personally is going to want to do that, but I think it's the right move. I think the Western Conference is getting so cluttered up that, like, unless he just has lost the competitive edge of trying to vie for a championship and just wants to go back to Houston and live out his days in the age at the bottom of the map and just chill fat and score 25 points per game and play with a bunch of young guys and go out with a bunch of young guys, like, all the power to him. But if he wants I. to, yeah, I mean, if he wants to try and win a championship, I think the 76ers are his best shot. Now they have to do things to get them ahead of the Bucks and ahead of the Celtics and ahead of the Heat in my mind. But um, the path is way more clear there than in the West. What if the Bucks lose out on Brooke Lopez? Could the Bucks get Draymond? Um, feasibly, that's an interesting thought. I like compared next to Giannis doing some of the dirty work. So Giannis doesn't have to, you know, go 110% on the defensive side of the ball, every, every possession. But again, like he's not a rim runner. So he can't just sit on the weak side and catch lobs. If Giannis draws a lot of attention when he drives and he's not a great three point shooter. So he's not like Bobby Portis who can hit from the corner. He's not like Brooke Lopez who can hit from the three. Um, I just, he doesn't work as well for their offense being driven by the engine that is Giannis. So I, I don't know if it's a, a better fit than what they have right now. All right. Well, I don't know if your Mavs would be interesting. There's a lot of – I'm curious to see what he does. Maybe, maybe you know, Dylan Brooks is leaving Memphis, as it seems, that they could be interesting to bring him in. Um, I don't know if Golden State would let him get out of – let him stay in the Western Conference if they had their way and weren't involved in any capacity and they'd probably push for the Eastern Conference. Uh, but he's definitely a very interesting name to watch. <laughs> Um, someone could steal him, and that let's transition to baseball. Esty Ruiz on pace for 80 stolen bases for the first time since 1988, which Ricky Anderson did that. And who has uh, a future? Who is who has the future? It's a really good bet, dude. It's a really good <laughs> bet, dude. So that bat and the Bichette bet are excellent bets. Um, Strider, is he still? Is he he's still leading? Right, he's. Yep. I would my only caveat with you is he's looked, he's getting him getting shut down and he's looked pretty bad. Yeah, but he's late. still striking out people. He is still striking out people. I mean, he's, he's got like, a, yeah, a six strikeout lead right now on Gosman, so almost a full game's worth of strikeouts, and he's got um twenty no sorry fourteen less innings than Gosman. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he, he, his start was unbelievable, but he's definitely slowed things down. Um, and his strikeout numbers are awesome, but he's got a four one two ERA. His whip's jumping up there. Um, there are guys I think could catch him. I don't. I while I think it's obviously a, a great position to be in with him leading, I I weirdly don't think it's as strong of a bet. Uh, as Bichette, who's two hits behind Arias, who when I just when I thought he was going to fall with his uh, 378 batting average, he jumps back up to 400, which is just insane. And your six lead stolen base with Esty Ruiz over Acuna. Uh, no one's stolen 70 bases. This is trivia. It's a little hard since 09 was the last time someone stole 70 bases. Michael Bourne. Great guess, but no. Reyes. Um, Great guess, but no. Um, if you give us the team, does it immediately give us who the person is? I'll give you no really good guess, but no, it was he was in the AL. Um, do we know this guy? Yeah, you know, she on the White Sox. No, was was your guess going to be Scotty Pod? Nah, that would have been a lot for him. Uh, about Crawford, really good guess, but no, good guess. Good guess. Pierre? Great guess, but no. Damn. This guy, uh, hey, he stole 50 the year before, 70, and then he... Jacques Jones. That's a little late for him. Um, AL East. Mm. Okay. Is he a Yankee? He what? Well, not when he did. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That guy could swipe bags. And we might get two. We might get two guys that hit seventy this year. Yeah. You asked me, Nick, what would Arias have to do to win the MVP? And I said, hit four hundred. If Acuna hits thirty something home runs and swipes seventy bags, and even if he's sorry, even to sixty bags, that would probably lock. It hits over three hundred. That would probably and the Braves the best team. That would probably do it for me. Yeah. Acuna. In in a in a unanimous vote with as impressive as it, if we saw a guy go for thirty sixty and a guy go for four hundred in the same season, I think that would be and and a guy who goes for fifty home runs and two hundred fifty strikeouts, it would be the greatest statistical season I've ever seen in baseball. Better than any McGuire Sosa, Betty. Better than Bonds going for breaking McGuire. I think across the board to me that would be more impressive. Yeah, it'd be pretty wild. Pretty wild. Um, all right, you guys ready for our games? I predict next year Tatis will go 50-50. If he plays a full season. Full season. If he plays full season. No injuries, no suspension, nothing. Full None season. Not at all? What about like a week off? Like well, two I mean, weeks like, off or something like that? When I mean a full season, I mean like, you know, having not, signif- not missing significant time. Mm-hmm. 50-50. Yeah. How, many games, he, like how many games does he have to play? Like 140. I'm not. He, hey, I'm not going to debate it. It's tough. Tough. He's to 14 it. right now. He missed the first 20 games. I mean, not saying he's going to. I'm not saying he's hitting you know an extra 14 home runs to catch Otani, but he's still more bases. He's he's running wild right now too. He is on pace right now. He's played 52 games. So let's just say he you, you triple that and he plays 156. Um, he'd be on pace for 42 home runs and he'd be on pace for 36 stolen bases. 
which would be pretty remarkable. Not your 50-50, but a shot at 40-40, which would be absolutely insane. 50-50 would be pro- a top five statistical season I've ever seen in my life in baseball. That'd Get be ready. I think that would be that, that's unheard of. That's never been done before. Get ready. I don't think I don't even think a 30, I'd have to see a 30 60 season. I, He's I'll, the type of player too that like knows that it's not a thing that, <laughs> and, and he, he wants to be the one to do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll hold you to that. I mean, I would love to see that. Toss and I, I best. <laughs> Toss and I did a schedule breakdown of the bears and we're going to go in reverse order leading to the nfl season we'll get some college teams in there to mix it up nick um, did you guys met did you guys see the whole father's day thing with jordan love saying happy father's day to all the bears fans out there so some people are like oh he like didn't hold back but like he totally said that wrong like he's basically saying that the bears are his father right uh, i i i'm i'm pretty sure like i, I like your, your dad doesn't say happy father's day to you you say happy Father's Day to your dad. So you're right. saying happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans out there. Whose dad are they? The Packers? Like, is that what you're trying to say? Could be a bad omen for him going forward. I, I saw that that was blown out of context and that initially he was with a Bears fan from like Germany or something. And the guy was like, say happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans. Like he was doing it to be like oh. a nice pro, basically. <laughs> And then it like totally got like blown out of proportion and out of context. And they mm. made it look like he was saying that he's the father of all the Bears fans. That's media but, for you. Yeah. I saw Jar Alexander really hype him up though. And I obviously want to hype your quarterback up, but I think a lot of the guys <laughs> be- a lot of guys are believing in Jordan Love. Which Packers is, do. Yeah. Which uh, you know, obviously we're rooting for guys. All right. Two more th- two more games for you guys. We about- in Jordan Love. <laughs> we have <laughs> Pelicans not trading Zion. Uh, someone wrote in our comments that I'll, I'll agree with you, but I would like to see it nonetheless. Um, okay. The team today is the Houston Texans and we could get to our other game. Great. But we're going to rock with this one. Um, you guys are going to predict their record. If you agree. Awesome. If not, I am the tiebreaker. Can everyone see it here? I'm going to zoom in a little more. So we're going in reverse order of how bad the teams were. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what we're doing, Nick. So bears are the worst team in football. They had the first pick last year. I'm going stand reverse standings order. Oh, got it. You yeah, mean sorry. you mean not from like what I think. You're going not in standings order. You're going from just draft. Yeah, but the Bears didn't have the first pick last year. They traded it. They traded the pick. They ended up with the first, the worst overall oh. pick because the Texans won that game at the end. Yeah, of the you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, already, yeah. already. Uh, Hey, that was last year. That was last year. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's late. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Let's get to the Texans. Okay, week one at Baltimore. Loss. Toss? L for love. Okay, cool. Uh, Week two, home versus Indianapolis. Loss. Mm, Toss. Loss, but I hesitated. Okay, you guys overruled. At Jacksonville? Loss. Loss. Home versus the Steelers. Mike Tomlin. Kenny Floyd. Loss. Loss. Uh at the shout out to their families. Win. Ooh. Loss. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a loss. 
Home versus New Orleans. Loss. Loss. Are they going to win a game this year? We'll see. At Carolina. Loss. Loss. Wow. Okay. I just I just feel weird that I've like picked them to lose. What are, what are they at? Is it seven? Oh and eight. Oh and seven. They're oh and seven right now. I got it. No. Uh, uh, so we were at uh, home versus Tampa. Win. Dub. Okay, there we go, guys. We're on the board uh, at, at Joe Burrow's town. Loss. Win. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, Jesus. Home versus is the Arizona Hoos. Win. Win. I agree. Home versus is the Jags. Loss. Loss. Okay. Home versus the Broncos. Win. Loss. I'm going to go with the win. I think they squeak one out. I'm not high in the Broncos. At New York. Loss. Loss. At Tennessee. Loss. Win. I'm going to go with a loss. Home versus Cleveland. Uh, loss. Loss. Home versus Tennessee. Win. Win. At Indianapolis. Win. Win. Five and twelve, fellas. Okay. It's improvement from last year. It's an improvement from last year. We had the Bears at seven wins. We have the Texans at five wins. I think I saw on most books uh the over under for the Bears wins of seven and a half. So should feel pretty good about what we picked with with their schedule it's got a bad line check out the the overrunner for um betonline.ag today place all of your bets so we have them beating the titans once the colts once the buccaneers the broncos you were the swing vote on that one i was a swing and the cardinals and the cards josh the swinger Swingers anonymous. All right, we still have time, guys. Until team wins. Hold on, I want to look up their uh, their um, over under really quickly. Um, five. I think five is their five and a half is their over under. Wow, we made them. Let's make these bets. So we're cynics, I guess. Right now, we are cynics. We keep track. Couple of unders, just shy. Just um, shy. You guys ready for this game? I've already done it, so I'm not going to participate, but I will write for you guys. Okay. I, I think What's you're going to like it. We have a couple minutes here. It is called. We've played it before. The Immaculate Grid. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So wait. Oh, those- also a Gold Glove and hundred plus RBI batting season. Hmm. Wow. So you have to match a player to the grid. So a Mets player with 100 RBIs, a Diamondback player with a gold glove. That's how it stands. Oh, that's really hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's I we got it, Nick. We can do it. I individually went eight of nine. I'm you only have nine guesses. So if you mess up, you mess up. Okay. okay. Is so there time want, or no? Uh well, we have a few minutes left here on our show, so that's the time. We'll go two minutes. Uh Nick, Chris B. Young played on the Diamondbacks and the A's, so that's correct, right? Um no. I don't think Chris, so. Chris Young? He did. Did he? Yes. The hitter did. You just type in Chris Young. I don't want to hit the wrong one, though. 
Oof. Uh, I think it's the the top one. He's the younger one. Correct, Toss. Thank you. Good job. Um, Did Eric Chavez end up playing on the Braves at any point? I don't know. Jesse Chavez did, but I don't think that. Eric, I use Eric Chavez for the Diamondbacks and the A's, just an FYI. I also was going to throw that one out there. Um, did did Luis Gonzalez ever win a gold glove? The outfield? I, feel like, I feel like he had to have, right? I'm not sure. I, I, obviously, I obviously know he was a good hitter, but I, I feel like just an all-star level player like that also probably had he, a he did not have, glove. But he did not have a gold glove. Okay. All right. Let's do Gold Glove 100 RBI season. Okay. Well, Andrew bottom, Jones. Bottom, bottom right uh, corner because you don't have to pick a team, right? It could be any player ever, current or former. We'll do uh, Barry Bonds. <laughs> Smart. Now they had to do it on the team. That's Not, yes. Yes. No, oh, they just had to play for Just them. have one. Okay. Okay. So uh, gold we'll, Gold Glove Atlanta. Let's do Chipper Jones. Right? Didn't anyone Gold Glove? It's the Jones you want to go with over there? I wait, already wait, said wait. I did say Andrew earlier. But... No, 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 not not the middle. Just Gold Glove. You're, you're wait, 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 Josh, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong one. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. It's okay. Um, you want to do Andrew Jones for Gold Glove? I think it's a bit safer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can we do David Wright for Mets in 100 RBIs? Are we say are we are we cool on that one, Nick? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Gold glove Arizona. Hmm. I feel like Luis Gonzalez got one. He did not. I just he, looked for you guys. Josh already checked for us, so we know that that one's not right. Um 100 RBI season for Oakland Giambi. Nice. Jason. Do, you, do you guys want to know who I went with after I, I selected for you guys? Believe host Carlos Pena? No, I went with Miguel Tejada. Okay. Um, all right. Gold Glove. Man, like, do we think that any of their pitchers, like, did the big unit ever win one? Did Dan Heron ever win one? Ooh. Dan Heron would have been a good Diamondbacks Ra- A's as well. Randy, Randy Johnson's a good one. Do you Randy Johnson? I'm willing to take a flyer there. Didn't win it. Um, uh, can we can we can we get Julio Franco for Braves Mets, please? Thank you. Wow, one of the best yeah. batting stances in the game. Give me Tim Hudson. Nice for for A's and Braves. And Braves, great call. Nice, great, call. great good call. one for those. Um, for I'll tell you who I did for the I did Tom Glavin for this, and I did Matt Olson for that. Okay, Matt Olson, yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Use I. Uh, I would go think current. No, I know. Um, I was gonna say Cespedes played for Oakland and the yeah, Mets. Yeah, I was thinking did, of- didn't play for. I'm also thinking of just like journeyman. 
man. Tough, the tough thing is that I, I just my my D backs like the D backs now. This is hard. This is a hard one. Did you get it? I got this. I actually didn't get to this because I got this wrong. So um, I just used I I burnt a guess here and then I didn't get to use this. I was annoyed at myself though for not picking this sooner. All right. Matt Williams. Gold glove, Diamondbacks. Wow. Third baseman. Shout out. Shout third, out. Third base coach for the pods. Yep. Also, I think could have been an A's Diamondbacks guy as well. Is that true? He did not win a gold glove. Matt Williams? Yes, he did. He won four gold gloves. He probably, hit, he probably hit the wrong Matt Williams. No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you. Third baseman Matt Williams. My bad. You're right. He did win a Gold Glove, but he didn't win it in Arizona. So I, I guess it was. It's not any time. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, that that one goes to Josh. That's okay. Yeah. Who did? So tell us, Josh, who you had there. Nick Ahmed. Good, good for you, buddy. Good for you. I knew. I I know he's. For this Mets Diamondbacks one, your hint is think current. Um, think current. So someone on their rosters now. I mean, think Mets. Go through their, Nick. Go through their their lineup or just their positions right now. It's obviously not Pete, right? Obviously not. Frankie was just on the Guardians before he was on the Mets, right? Nowhere else. He never like started. Mm-hmm. In Eduardo Escobar. That's a great one. Job, Nick. Your other option was Max Scherzer. Oh, that's right. You know, I try to think of myself. I was like, was Scherzer on the Diamondbacks? And he was for like at the beginning of his career, very, very early. Yeah. Good one, though. Fun one. I got that sent to me. I figured you guys like. We'll do it once a week. Good, good stuff. Gentlemen, Texans going with five wins. Eight out of nine for you fellows right there. And a very fun show. Fans out there, hit your free throws. We will see you guys next time. Mm, Granky. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.